if this is your first time here, this Sunday is going to be a little different than some of the others um, because we're going to be doing some internal congregational work um, today. And I know that you are here, all of us are here um, for a reason. Um, and perhaps you, uh, maybe that's just for you to see uh, what a church can do when it attempts to model openness and honesty and what I hope for all of us will also be boldness as we look toward the future. And Resonate has always tried to be refreshing in our approach. Um, and so we're not going to let you down in that regard um, today um, because we're going to take a good look at what is coming up in the next few weeks for us and maybe even next month. Um, so this message um, is going to be a bit shorter. Um, we would like, I would like the focus of today to be on conversations that we have together and the importance of uh, spending time together in that community and seeing of what comes of that. Um, so I'm going to try to limit the amount of person up front inputting information into your lives so that we leave space for that and for all of us um, to, to talk. Um, I have a message from the church leadership that I'd like to read to you directly that will kind of orient um, today's conversation. Dear friends, we have a very important update for the Resonate community. As most of you know, Josh and Chelsea, and Josh being our um, full-time, normal speaking pastor, um, it's usually not me jumping back and forth, it is Josh and his wife, Chelsea. Um, they've had a very difficult couple of years. Um, in late 2018, they suffered a pregnancy loss. Months before that, Josh's brother was involved in a horrible accident that led to two open heart surgeries. All of this while Josh was dealing with his own health problems. And so with the full support of the board, Josh and Chelsea are choosing to take a leave of absence. And this will be an important season for the Cobias to seek God's guidance as they spend time to reflect, rest, and heal. And we would ask that you would give Josh and Chelsea privacy during this time. Josh is okay. Chelsea is okay. But three years into this process, uh, they need a breather. They've been doing this a long time. So we ask that you respect their decision um, to know that this is necessary in this time and that we will respect and honor this time for them by giving them this space and letting them be. So I'm going to say, why don't we start with a prayer um, for them specifically? Father, we are so incredibly humbled by what you have been doing here in Resonate. You have moved mountains already. We've seen so many victories happen here in your name. We've been attempting to reclaim the lost. We've been attempting to redeem the broken. We've been attempting to be your hands and feet here where you have planted us. Even in the face of doubt and of worry, and of not knowing where you are leading us. We know that without Josh and Chelsea's diligence and commitment, that we would not be where we are today. And so, foremost, Father, I want to thank you for them and who they are. I want to thank you for their servant attitudes, for their spirits, for everything that they have given um, to this community. I want to thank all of the people here who are in this space, who you know have been toiling for years, making this church what it is. We rejoice in what it has become, and we are excited to see um, what the future will be. 
and because we know that your hand is upon it. And so we pray that same blessing upon Josh and Chelsea right now, even if they are not physically present with us here this morning, that you would be present to them, Father. That they would know that you are there, that you are surrounding them in this time of, of, of rest and of restoration. And we want that. We pray that over them and we stand with them in that. We also pray for open hearts this morning, for open minds, and for your guidance, and especially your wisdom through this process as we discern what this may look like. We thank you for your Son who made this all possible and whom we serve. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I must admit, I'm going to make a couple confessions here this morning while we're at it. Um, I'm terrible at change. I'm just not a change person. I'm not change oriented. Um, I'm going to call myself a flexi planner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not trying to make fetch happen. I don't know if that term will, <laughs> will catch on. I'm a flexi planner. I like having a plan, but that doesn't mean I'm not flexible, right? I like having a plan. Even if we don't follow the plan, I like having a plan even if um, the plan does not play out um, because that's my way of exerting control over my moment. Um, so in a moment like this, when I too am part of a beautiful, incredible, organic, loving congregation and like you who have chosen this as a location where we reach into the well, um, I can also feel a bit lost. I can feel lost. And it turns out I'm in good company, and I think you're in good company. In fact, I know you are. Um, the people of God have been through this process many times before. It's written into our very DNA, into our history, into our coding. So I'm going to admit another fun fact this morning. I'm not a history buff. Um, some people, and I admire you who you are, are able to retain that fact and information and spit it out and make it very coherent, and I, not me. Uh, and it's not that I can't be bothered by history. I think in a lot of ways, and now having become um, part of the teaching world myself, um, have noticed that a lot of it does rely on having a good teacher. And it wasn't until my senior year of college that I had a really good history teacher for the first time who was able to coalesce a lot of this information and then make it meaningful, right? And make it powerful for now. Because when you're part of the creative body and world, it's all about what are we doing next and how can we create and how can we make and it's all about future and planning and, and doing something new and different and blah blah with the old. Um, and so I didn't respect the, the importance of drawing information from history to inform my present, to open my eyes to the importance of the past because it can save us a world of heartache and the lessons buried within our history can, like I said, inform our present and why not learn from the long suffering of people who have come before us. And as a church with the big C, the, big, the capital C, the big, the big C church, our collective, we have our past recorded. We have it written down, what a gift. What a gift to have that. Our faith history here, our ancestry of, of where we're coming from is all written down. And I'd like to point out a few quick parallels to our present journey based on where we have come from. And so I'm not going to lecture you through all of those stories. I have no PowerPoint, et cetera. But I did want to summarize some of the things that we have been through as a, as a people, as God's people, and then draw out what I see 
happening and some of the parallels even in the present. Uh, If we rewind it back to the Israelites enslaved in Egypt, what a lovely time for us. I'm going to say us, the Israelites. What a lovely time for us. Hard, hard, terrible time working and toiling and working and toiling and very difficult. They are downtrodden. They are discouraged. And who wouldn't be? Years of, of, of enslavement, not just days, years upon years. And they're crying out to God, and God provides a physical deliverer out of Egypt through Moses, right? Who leads them out of slavery. However, and as Josh has spoken on before many Sundays here, uh, we can be rather fickle. Because even though they were delivered from their bonds of slavery, the journey was still very hard. This was not Palm Springs that they were delivered to. It was truly the desert, (laughs) And they felt lost, and they were filled with fear, and there were many challenges, and they began to question God's plan, right? Moses intercedes on their behalf, and God granted them access to the promised land, but not until, not until their disbelief and their fear and their questioning cost them 40 years in the desert, right? 40 years in the desert. And in the end, God was faithful in the end, right? God was faithful, and he fulfilled all of his promises, and God has always been faithful. But oftentimes we are feeling lost because we are in the dark on that plan, and we don't know. We don't know what that is. And so even though the Israelites were provided a physical presence to guide them through that, and they wanted to rely and lean on that, it still wasn't enough to hold up under their disbelief. And so God knew that. God knew that. He's been training our hearts throughout history to rely only on him, regardless of who is physically present in front of them. And that's challenging. But he has always proved through on his promises and his plan. So fast forward. The people of God, so we'll call it, entered into a cycle of falling in and out of grace, right? And then we, we enter into a period of judges. We are, we are faithful and we are committed when we have somebody rallying us up and in front of us and instructing us to turn back toward God. And then that's not enough to hold us up. And so we fall back into the same periods of sinfulness and unrest and of tribal infighting. And then God would call up a judge as the people say, help us, we are lost. Why have you abandoned us? No, I haven't. Here we go. I will deliver you. And they say, yay, and back to where we were. And it continued repeating itself and repeating and repeating. In every case, the leader was not enough to keep God's people in check. So then jump forward. The cry rises up into Samuel's ears that the Israelites wanted a king. They were God's chosen people. They were led by pillars of flame by night. Right? They heard stories of parting of the Red Sea. They knew God's deliverance out of slavery. They had all of these pieces. And it felt, I'm guessing, much more immediate than it may feel to us now in terms of history. But they wanted a physical leader to be like other nations, to look like everybody else that they were seeing, even though God said, I'm enough. I'm enough. And you have enough with me. They said, we want somebody. We need this figurehead. We need this person who is leading us out into battle and protecting us. So God did provide a series of kings 
but the cycle did not break, right? The pattern did not stop magically repeating itself. God says, I'm your leader. I've got you. I have a plan. And the people respond with, where are you, God? Where are you? Life is hard. We don't understand your plan. I'm a flexi planner here. We don't understand. I would like to know the plan, even if we don't go according to plan. You must have abandoned us. You must have. So then if we take a big leap forward, the table was set for a physical intercessor to end all intercessors, right? Jesus. He not only fulfilled the prophecies and then the cries of generations of people for leadership, but Jesus then took this leadership idea and flipped the paradigm on its head and pointed everything back to God, as God had been requesting all of his leaders to do throughout history. But he did it in a way that was not a battle leader that we expected. He did not come on a chariot of fire or riding on a horse, blowing the trumpets. In fact, he was meek and he was a humble servant who proved more powerful than any man. Because he was not man. God lived among us. God lived among us. He lived among our ancestors. The disciples then um, are the most interesting part of this to me. God became flesh. He dwelt among us. We have this incredible miracle. We know the things that they are witnessing. So the disciples saw the works of Jesus' hands, right? They tasted the loaves and the fish. They watched men raised from the dead. They walked on water, and the disciples who had seen everything, who had been present to this, who had physically experienced the power of God with them, very present with them. When Jesus died on the cross, even though he had predicted this many times, he said, I must go from you. I must leave this place. I need to fulfill more. There's more to be done. There's more to this plan. I'm not done here yet. Great things are going to be done. When he died on the cross... Two of the gospel accounts say the same thing, that all the disciples did what? Raised up a battle cry and held hands and said, yay, everything has been fulfilled. No, the disciples, the one who had been with him through his entire ministry, fled in fear. Fled in fear. Their leader had disappeared. Of course, they felt abandoned and they, felt, and they feared persecution. And that makes sense. And maybe some of you are in that position today, persecuted for your faith. That is a real fear. And this would be a very sad story if it ended there, if that was it. But we know that's not the case, right? Then Jesus appeared to his disciples who are hiding behind this locked door. They're not out sharing the gospel or, or proclaiming the amazing things that Christ had done that they had seen, that they had experienced. Instead, they're cowering, they're hiding behind locked doors, and Jesus appears among them. And then, the resurrection changed everything. It changed everything. When the disciples realized that Jesus had risen, when they understood, when they understood that the tomb was empty, when they finally believed that there was a plan that God had laid out, a plan that was better than anything we could ever construct or have ever fulfilled ourselves, 
when they realized that, when they believed it, when they saw it, when the resurrection was real and they understood it and they took it out there, the church exploded. The church grew. And then we get an Acts, and we have all this exponential growth and so many exciting things were happened and the word was spread to all nations and it is so encouraging because of their belief, because they understood and believed and knew that there was a plan. The resurrection makes all of that whole. His message from the beginning is the same. God has us. He is for us. So who can be against us? But our human response should change. Our human response, especially um, when leadership may change, when these things are, are um, up in question and we feel that feeling of unrest, our response has not changed. Even after all these lessons from the past, our past, because I'm calling it our past, our history, we have these feelings of abandonment that can lead to resentment and possibly remorse and potentially the loss of faith. And if that has been you, that is hard. And if you respond to moments like this with the same, in some at least, measure of fear, I do want to tell you, you are normal. You are normal. And we've seen that happening over and over and over. And sometimes that can be a good thing to hear. Sometimes that's really encouraging to hear that you, you're normal. <laughs> and it's okay. I just want to leave space for that today as well. While we reflect then on how we can take these incredible stories, our history, and then pull out these lessons. There's no way that I can be as effective, maybe as my senior college history teacher. But I do want to encourage us. I don't know if I can draw all the conclusions for you, but I want to make a couple of things really clear. As we look at this, as we look at how we can respond to this as a church congregation, I believe that this is an opportunity. And I don't use this opportunity word lightly here. Because I, I think that's often easy to, to throw out. But Resonate has proven time and again that we can break the mold. And we have. The pattern of behavior that I described does not have to be the story that we write for our own children. Historically speaking, and you know this, churches in our area on the west side of Los Angeles, it is a challenging place to thrive and to grow, and yet Resonate is here in its fourth year. Most churches, statistically speaking, will close their doors after two. And we are here. We are here. You are here. And how encouraging is that? Clearly, something is at work. We've already been breaking the mold. And so why would we stop now? If you can see more that can be reclaimed and redeemed and restored in the name of Christ and this radical love that I'm talking about, if you still see work left to do in your own heart and in this community, then we want to toil alongside you as the hands and feet of God and of the body. And if you are willing to respond to change, 
not only with some fear, but with trust, but with trust. And we break that cycle. And instead of seeing this pattern continue, we end it. And we say, we trust. We trust, not your will, not my will, but yours, right? We trust. We know there is a plan. If you see that, if you are feeling something in that call, if you know that that is a part of who you would like to aspire to be, if you feel that moving within you, I want to encourage that this morning. There is an opportunity here to grow into a greater trust. And we want to have that conversation with you. So we want to provide a time and a space for the body to ask questions about the next steps and to hear more about what we're planning and also to provide some input. Because your voices matter and we wouldn't be here without you sitting here. Your presence, as I said earlier, is so important. Therefore, we're inviting the congregation to one of two meetings that we're going to be holding over the coming weeks for this purpose. And so here's our community gathering slide. So there are two community meetings coming up. Sorry, let me move out of the way. So you can see it both at 7 p.m. One on December 4th at the Lascotas and also on December 5th at the Breadbergs. And we want to invite you into that space. And this is truly a space um, for you to come and talk about not only what is happening now and the next few weeks, but this is a great opportunity to say, what would Resonate look like for you? What can it look like for you? We never, ever, in a church planting process, but especially just in churches in general, want to become stagnant. And perhaps you've been a part of one of those churches in the past, as I have. It can be very easy to walk in the door, turn on the lights, press play, press play, sing, sing, shake hands, shake, hug. Our group hug that I talked about, out the door we go, and that's it, and that's it. We do community, we do the things, we go through the motions, we have fun, yay, great, love these people, and out the door. You do that long enough, you do that long enough, and you recognize that, that you're, perchance, playing, playing church instead of doing church. And so, again, this is a great opportunity for us to also hear from you and to say, what would Resonate look like for you? And I've never been a part of a church that has invited that before. And I feel very blessed to be a part of it, um, that, that we truly mean that as a congregation. Um, we're building it together. And this is your church. And so get one of these meetings on your calendar, December 4th or December 5th. Please, please, please be a part of that discussion because it's important. Your voice is important, and where we go together will only be together. And with that said, we are currently planning what the coming months will look like for Resonate as we finish out 2019 and going into the new year. So join us. We have a great series of speakers lined up for the next several weeks. These are all people that I know and love, trust, appreciate, and want you to hear from. Definitely want you to hear from. They are incredible. I've heard all of them speak in other contexts. They are powerful, powerful speakers um, because they have been a part of churches for many years. Um, they have also, each of them, been part of churches that have gone through even a brief period of transition, like we potentially are looking at now. Um, and they have a lot that they would like to share with us and a lot of love that they would like to speak over us and pour into us. And so be present, be a part of that. The next three weeks, 
are important for the Big C Church also because it's the Christmas season. It is Advent season, and we have so much that we can celebrate and be thankful for. And as we wait in anticipation with every breath of the things that God is going to continue doing in our lives and in this church and in this community, let's do that together. And so all the way up until December 15th, it's going to be a big party here in terms of great people speaking, an incredible time together as we celebrate that season and also have these meetings. We are here as long as you are here. And there is an, a very devoted leadership team in place that is determined to make that so. And so I want you to know that before we walk out of here. And then I also want us to model what this radical grace and mercy and restoration and love can look like for Josh and Chelsea. Right? If we set that example, they need this time and they've poured so much of their life into this church that we are committed to honoring this request. So let's also honor then our story, the story of God's people. We're going to honor them. We're going to hold space for them. We're going to also honor everywhere that we have been and are coming from and the story that we are writing together by saying that God has never failed. I chose a scripture this morning and um, it was a bit fortuitous because as I was digging through these passages and looking at this narrative that has repeated itself in, at an agnosium and in cyclical fashion over and over, um, I pulled out uh, words from God to the next leader who was taking over from Moses, and his name ironically happens to be Joshua. I think that's fortuitous. And so God spoke not only wisdom, but boldness. Joshua. And I listed this here for you today on the screen. And so let's take a look at this from Joshua chapter 1. As they are looking at transitioning over to new leadership and Moses is gone, no one, says God, will be able to stand against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. I love that. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Right? Remember the promises I have made to you. Remember. Remember where you have come from. Remember who you are. And then to the leader, Keep this book of laws always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so you will be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And most importantly, have I not commanded you? Have I not said it enough? I will say it again, says the Lord. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's the resurrection moment. That's the resurrection moment. God did not leave us, and he did never left us, and he is not leaving us without any sort of guidance now and has left the Holy Spirit here and that great mystery that dwells among us, and he is here, and he says, I am present. I am physically going away from you, but I am present, and it is your church, and it is now your job 
to toil and to grow and to do it. And I am very excited, just on a personal level, to do that with you and to celebrate what God is doing in our lives and in our church. Let's pray. Father, as a confessed planner, I come to you this morning, and we all bring our hearts to you this morning in honesty of saying, um, we don't need to know the plan, and that's hard. Because we trust your promise, and that is so much more important to us. We trust your promise. We see your works that you have done over generations of people. We have seen your commitment and we know that you are here and that you are still here and that you dwell among us and that you have such incredible plans for this church if we are willing to remember, if we are willing to honor everything that you have done and who you are. And so we seek your guidance this morning and we seek your counsel and we seek your wisdom of saying, show us, lead us. And even in those moments where we wish we had a pillar of fire, maybe not in California too soon. But we would love to see a clear sign of that guidance. Let us just know now that we will have that peace in our hearts, that you will make it known to us, that you will show us the path in which to walk, and that we are not alone, and that we are doing this together. And so I'd empower each of our hearts to be bold, to be courageous, to look for ways that we can continue to commit and to toil and to step up and to join in this incredible place and space and community that you have planted here for a purpose. And so we are renewing our commitment to your purpose again this morning. And our praise will ever, ever be on our lips. Our praise for you. Thank you for what you did in the resurrection. Because without that, we wouldn't have a story to tell. Thank you for the birth of Christ that we get to celebrate here in the coming weeks. What a powerful story that we get to be a part of. What a powerful story that has transformed our lives. We pray that we can continue transforming all around us through your radical love. It's in Christ's name we pray.